Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajah Dali. And we are back together. Yay. IRL. In Times Square. In Times Square. nothing says New York and authenticity like Times Square. <laughs> yes, authenticity. Like this giant billboard that's staring at me right now selling me jeans. That, that's that's the American that. dream. That's America right yeah. there. Capitalism everywhere you look. Everywhere. You can't escape it. So, Waj, you know... I am really outdone these days with a couple of articles that are starting to make their way into the news, into the cycle that are once again, guess what? Throwing progressives, Democrats underneath the bus in favor of a more centrist approach. First, it was an Axios article last throwing week. last week, throwing the entire squad under the bus, um, you know, just preempting that we need to stay in the middle and keep white people happy, right, in order for democracy to sustain itself. And that if it doesn't, it's going to be because of us darkies. And the wokeness. And the wokeness. Wokeness God is just synonym for darkies. Like, can we just make it clear? Yes. Because wokeness started, like, like everything, starts pure, gets corrupted, gets weaponized by the right, and then, mm-hmm. and then it's, not, it's not used. It was, off, it was started by black folks. And it was started to be, be woke and be aware about racism and white supremacy and police brutality. So when they say wokeness, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. They're like, don't be conscious, stay asleep. Don't listen to the darkies. So then again, this week, another article, not only an article, but a report, right, has come out. Um, And the, the Washington Post article is entitled, Democrats are engaged in a new politics of evasion, right? And this is written by Dan Balls. And it is reviewing a report that is written by two uh, former Clinton aides and two current Brookings Institute analysts, Elaine Kamrak and William A. Galston. And they offer what they refer to as fresh analysis on the state of the Democratic Party. They did this 33 years ago after Michael Dukakis lost the presidential race. And this would be, I think, uh, the third in a string of losses that Democrats had had and landslide losses within the Electoral College. So they kind of did what political parties always do, an autopsy report. 
What's interesting is that they've decided to do it this time following Joe Biden's win because they see that Democrats are doing what? Nothing to actually secure <laughs> our democracy and ensure that 2022 and 2024 aren't an actual fucking disaster. But their analysis has me all types of angry. Yeah, you, I, I can feel, I, I felt your rage in the email. Have right. you ever felt like emotions <laughs> in an email? Because it was like, it's like, it's like, how could I, because I heard your voice reading the email. I'm like, she's upset. <laughs> she is angry. Yeah. And I don't even think I used the extensive amount of exclamation no, points. No, 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 I just felt it though. You that need I to. should have. Yeah, because here's the thing. They laid out three myths, right? That they believe that Democrats are leading astray, um, being led astray by. One, and one I actually believe. People of color think and act alike right? That this is a myth. And that is true, right? Correct. That is correct. Two, but we all like fried chicken. Correct. I mean, I'm America. Yeah. Um, two, economics trumps culture. Again, I agree with this assessment. And then three, a progressive majority is emerging. They don't, they believe that that is a myth, right? I firmly disagree in their third point. But the fact here is that in their report, they continue to refer to the working class. They continue to refer to um, comfort, comfort. We need to move at a pace mm -hmm. that is comfortable for average Americans. For average Americans. What do you hear when you when you read that piece? What 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 did you interpret? So I read it and my the whole take was we need to be Republican light because the darkies are terrifying the whites. And we need to win over the whites and listen, darkies, stay in your lane. And you've gone too far with this police reform and racism and white supremacy and immigration reform. It's your fault that Correct. we're losing. Right. So listen, blacks and browns, yet again, mm -hmm. you will be hijacked by white anxiety and white rage. Mm -hmm. So you stay second, mm -hmm. be second, but come out during a pandemic Correct. and vote for us. But don't expect us to actually champion your causes. And listen, listen, mm -hmm. it's a crisis election. Yeah. It's a crisis election. So put yourself and your needs behind the needs of the majority. And once again, they're using language. Average American, average, average worker. American, average worker. But they threw Hispanics in this time. Oh, but I'm going to get to that <laughs> yeah. because that was the point that I think that I had to stop reading and do a woosah because Hispanics are the new Italians. Yeah. <laughs> so here is the quote that they say Democrats must consider, folks, the possibility that Hispanics will turn out to be the Italians of the 21st century, um, that they are family oriented, religious, patriotic. I guess no one other families are like <laughs> that in America. Um, but no mention, and this was this was the thing. They they go on and to say, and and Italians turn Republicans. This is what they're saying in their report. Now I'm reading this as the black queer woman, child of immigrants that mm. I am, and I'm saying, so they're not talking about their allegiance to whiteness. They're not bringing up the fact that when Italians came to this country, that they changed their last names 
and they changed their accents and moved outside of ghettos once they were able to afford to do so because the proximity that they would have to white evangelical Christians and that WASP class would then allow them to assimilate better into America rather than to hold on to their own culture. There was not one mention of that in this article or I, as far as I've gotten into the report that I have seen. It's an article written by white people for the white Democratic establishment that is terrified that they have to contend with the fact that the Democratic coalition now includes an empowered POC majority, right? Mm-hmm. And they are so terrified by their like like lack of analysis, right, when it comes to race. Because they don't even – look, when do white people ever talk about whiteness? Never. Like never. So they don't have to invest. They don't have to investigate whiteness. They don't have to investigate their own weaknesses. They don't have to investigate how they've failed. So it's much easier to throw the darkies under the bus. Mm-hmm. And it ties back to the Axios article that you mentioned last week, right? With like they only interviewed like two people. Yep. And who became the victims of the impending alleged catastrophe of the 22 midterms that hasn't happened yet? The squad. Six congressmen in the House, six out of 222, ladies and gentlemen, Democrats are single-handedly responsible Mm -hmm. for the Democrats losing their majority in the Senate, losing their majority in the House, and losing the presidency apparently in 2024. It is not Danielle, Mm. Joe Manchin, and Kristen Sinema, uh or the other House moderates and senators hiding behind them, who, recap, crushed BBB mm-hmm. after every Democrat, centrist, or liberal, or progressive, whatever you want to call them, promised their base, we will get this shit done. Yep. Who crashed it? Who went on Fox News? Uh-huh, to make the announcement yeah. before they even told and the president. And who sent their aide to tell Biden, I'm yep. going to kill it? Didn't even call Biden, rejected his call, sent his aide, Joe Manchin. It wasn't the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, who killed child tax credit, or along with Republicans, helped get, uh, kill child tax credit that uplifted $60 million Mm-hmm. Kids out, out of poverty. poverty. Uh-huh. Joe Manchin. Mm-hmm. Who killed Voting Rights Act? Mm-hmm. Was it the squad? No. Yeah, Manchin and Cinema. Uh, and who essentially is sitting there, oh, and hijacking the climate change uh, deal that is so popular? Uh, the king of coal. Yeah, Joe Manchin. Right. So tell me how this is the fault of the squad. Tell me how this is not the fault of Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. And tell me how no one frames it this way. The reason why they never frame it this way is... Because they're white, right? (laughs) Right. And white protects white. And wealth protects wealth, right? And so the reality here, and this is what I find, is when these articles and these analysts that have been deep into politics for, well, probably before we were born, right, are literally looking at the world through unchanged lenses. From 1992. From 1992 and on, as if we don't recognize the repercussions just by the virtue of Biden being president, how he had to defend the crime bill. These are the people that told, right, Bill Clinton that you need to come out and be tough on crime because the Republicans are stealing that narrative. And so how did they- Right. And so how did they- How did they- what was their response? Their response Heimel. was to incarcerate That's right. right, black and brown people, break up families, ruin communities, and then turn around 30 years later as Joe Biden is standing on the candidate stage for the primary for the party to say, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, and also, you know, we've talked about this briefly before on the podcast, but I always think it's good to go back to look at the trends. Uh, it's the sister soldier moment. It's the crime bill moment. It's the mandatory minimum moment, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's a great example. I, I remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But let, let's bring it back. So here's Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. right? Youngish guy, 
but also Baba. Okay. Correct. So this is for the 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 youngins out it's here. It's a deep cut. This is deep cuts. Bill Clinton says, "All right, I'm a Rhodes scholar, but I won't be elitist. I'll eat at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I got the Southern accent. I'm like, hey, Bill Clinton, I'll go. I, you know, I'm gonna have sex with your wife, but uh, you know, <laughs> I'm from the South. I'm a good old boy. You know, I'll do it quietly, but I'm also eat some chicken, right? And so he and go on Arsenio yeah, Hall. Boom. So he gets the whites with the Bubba, mm-hmm. where he's hella smart, but he's the country bumpkin. Correct. Then he's gonna court the blacks. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go on Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. Play." saxophone yeah, with the shades on yes and all of a sudden he goes first black president mm-hmm. right tony morrison said that with the, but she had a context for saying that right black folks oh my god you went on arsenio no one went on Arsenio. they went on johnny mm-hmm. carson he deliberately went on arsenio he also went on mtv if you remember MTV. the boxers and the briefs comment nice. to court the young vote yeah, as well right and because no because when newt greenrich was asked that i remember he goes you should be ashamed of yourself. And Bill Clinton's like, I'll tell you, yeah, you can come see it. You could take it off if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and he goes like, Monica, anybody, I don't care. Uh, and so, and then, and then, but then to court that white vote that sank to caucus because of the manufactured, terrible, racist Lee Atwater, Willie Holmes come campaign, on. right? Yep. So racist, ladies and gentlemen, that Roger Stone mm-hmm. said, damn, that's racist. I don't want to touch that. That's how racist <laughs> it That's what killed Michael Dukakis, right? And so they ran on that. He goes, we're not going to let that shit happen to us. So what did he do? Attack Sister Soldier. Yep. Threw her under the bus. Yep. You blacks, you darkies, you have to get control of yourselves. Look at your culture. Threw her under the bus, mm-hmm. demonized her, and then the crime bill with the mandatory minimums mm-hmm. that crushed generations of poor black and brown folks oh and let let us not let the gores off as well because if you remember that during that time as well tipper gore and her parental and her parental advisory right to ensure that like hip-hop was you know this demonized force hip-hop was the new rock and roll and was ruining your kids and leading them into drugs and all of these things hearings about this correct Right. So I just want I think that it's important when these articles come up and folks are, you know, deitized for their deep connections to the Democratic Party and the Democratic establishment, that we also remember what Democrats have done historically and repeatedly. So the repeat here, the rinse and repeat is that we come after black and brown people and young people. We play hip. We play cool. We do whatever it is that it requires right, to get you to get you to come close to us. Right. Then we will turn around because Republicans will come out or the centrists will come out and say, "Ooh, you know what? This equity just feels too tight. It too just tight. It's too tight. You know, we need more space from voting rights. We need more space from talking about climate change. We need more space from doing anything that is actually going to change the daily lives of Americans. Democrats have gotten away, in my humble opinion, of being, because I'm on a grifter binge right now, folks, on Netflix and Hulu and all these <laughs> grifter shows. I was sitting there as I'm watching these these uh, series that are out right now, and I'm thinking to myself, do you know who the ultimate grifters are? 
Democrats. And Damn. let me tell and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I believe that it's different than what Republicans have done. Because you see Republicans tell you who they are to your face, right? They are the I'm going to kill you. They are the Bond villain. They are I'm going to bring the octopus to the tank, tie you I'm going to tell you how I'm going to kill you. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to kill you. It's going to be slow. It's going to be evil. Ooh. Democrats on the other hand are real sly. Because what they have gotten very comfortable with doing is putting up a false bravado defense against Republicans just to grab your votes to then turn around and not do a goddamn thing. Yeah, that's the they worst are part. literally the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That should be the, the road Democrats to hell is mantra. paved with moderate Democrats. Correct. Right. So they grift you out of your vote, not necessarily out of your money, but they do that as well because they profess that they are for equity, that they are for reformed public education and police reform and climate change and all of these things. And then they turn around when given the opportunity by the people to do what they said that they would do. They say, oh, oh, it's tight in here. It's yeah. it's too culture hard. war. It's, it's, it's too much. It's for a us crisis. To think about democracy. Think about the country. And what happens is people of color, oftentimes black voters, always do the right thing. Let's see, look at the 2020 yep. election. Let's take it to Virginia. Uh, like a day before the Democratic primary, right? Majority of Virginia Democratic voters were undecided. The calculus then was who will actually help white people vote for the Democratic candidate? What's better? Biden or Bernie? No mm -hmm. one was ecstatic about right. Biden. Right. But the calculation was we got to get rid of Trump. Okay. Let's band together, folks. Let's go for Biden. We know him. We trust him. I think more white people will vote for him. Bernie, a Democratic Socialist, might be vulnerable. Enough whites will vote for Biden. Let's do it. Biden. Mm -hmm. And th there you go. Day before Virginia yep. then went, you know, once you saw the turn, thanks to Clyburn in South yep, Carolina, in South in the Carolina. South, yep. black voters came out. People were like, okay, momentum. I think Biden will beat uh, Trump. Every single election except Obama. Black and brown voters and Asian voters, who do we go for? The white guy who was less terrible than the Republican, right? right? We didn't play identity politics. Identity politics is historically played by white folks. Correct. Like, if identity politics was the key, and we were like, you know, oh, the darkies are just going to go for the darkies. Uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Julian Castro, mm -hmm. uh, Alan Keyes. Deep cut. Mm -hmm. uh, who was the guy that died because of COVID? Republicans killed him and his ghost still tweets. The Godfather pizza guy. Herman. Yeah, Herman. You didn't see that shit. Uh, you said, hmm, who's the guy that Americans will vote for? Who will be best for democracy? This white dude. Let's, let's do it. Obama was the only time we had one shot. Yes. And even with Obama, they did everything in their power to let it Clinton win over Obama. All the dog whistles Democrats did. I'm old enough to remember, by the way. You remember that, right? Um, every single one of them. Yeah. I also remember the 3 a.m. call uh, commercial that Hillary Clinton had put oh, out. Nice. Right? Like that said, who do you want answering the call? That scary, dark black man <laughs> or me, Karen? In the so, flannel shirt. Like, right. Now I'm wearing a flannel shirt to court the right, white voters. Because I'm normal. You know, and that's what I'm saying about the grift that Democrats do, because you see, then they get to turn around to the black and brown population and say, well, where are you going? There, that's right. It. Because you have no other place. You have, you no, have no other. You have no hope. It's not like you're going to go form your own party. It's not as if, you know, that you're going to go to the Republican camp. And so by us promising you, but under delivering every single time, we know that there's no other place for you to we go. We tolerate you. They hate you. Correct. We give you something. 
they give you nothing. Right. So where are you going to go? The major grift. And then if black people and brown folks turn around and say, you know what? Fuck you. You know what? I'm not going to vote. Then who is going to bear the brunt of the crumbling democracy? Well, it already happened. 2020. Uh, actually, no. I'll give you another example. Let's go local. And it's a beautiful example of all of this. Virginia elections, right? You guys know I live in Virginia. McCullough versus Youngkin. I talk about it often because it's so beautiful. McCullough's loss was immediately blamed on black anyone people. To, the squad and black yeah. people. Mm -hmm. It's because of wokeness that this man who's 85 years old, he's not. He's like probably 75. I don't care. Millionaire. <laughs> you know, Ter <laughs> Terry McCullough is like an establishment dinosaur. His name is Terry McCullough. He like helped Clinton. He's a millionaire, old white guy, governor, right? His loss, ladies and gentlemen, in Virginia was blamed by James Carville and other centrist Democrats on who actually is a hundred. Yeah. Wokeness, correct? Right? Translation of wokeness, the darkies and darkie issues. All right. right. Black folks, how come you didn't come out and vote even though they did? It was blamed on black people for not coming out and saving mm -hmm. democracy, right? The question wasn't asked, why did you run McAuliffe? Even if you ran McCulloch, he would have won. Why do you run such a half-assed campaign? How come he didn't have a counter message to, to Yunkin when the rest of us warned? I freaking wrote an article. Who am I? I'm nobody. But even I saw it coming. You had no counter message to it. And then how can you then turn around and blame black folks and brown folks and the squad when Terry mother effing McCulloch, the poster child for establishment, white, wealthy, old, safe Democrat, lost the election? From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. 
This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. Because we do, much like this article and much like this report, a rinse and repeat. There is no way that you look at 33 years ago and the pivots that Democrats have made, the contortionist routine that they have done, right, in order to continue to court a class and a group of people, white Americans, that haven't voted for them in four decades, yeah. right? White, majority of white women have not gone for a, a Democratic president since the 50s. Since the 50s. Only twice they turned. <laughs> once for Johnson, once for Clinton. Because I'm going to have sex with you. And right. they're like, like he's he sexy. He might have sex with you. So me. the reality here is when I read this article and they said, oh, we need to move at the pace that I said at the top. We need to move at the pace that is comfortable for the majority. All I heard was Ron DeSantis's bill of we need to make sure that we aren't teaching things in school that could lead white parents to is. feel uncomfortable. You tell me, what is the difference between these two sentiments? At the core of it, it is white comfort. And until we start to have real conversations and do real analysis that is through a racialized lens, which is the only lens America has ever looked through, right. then we're never going to come up with the actual solutions because they don't even understand the fucking problem. It's, 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 we have to, it's, like I said, it's a Republican light. We will run defense. We are terrified of our shadow because our shadow's black, literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> Uh, we are incapable of reaching out and understanding this multicultural coalition that gave us this amazing 81 million votes that gave Biden and Harris. Even Harris, who's our vice president? Where is Where's she? Where is the vice president? Where is she? You but, seen her? You know, I, I, where is she? MIA. I mean, you're in Virginia. No, I've I don't not know. seen her. Have you I don't seen know. Her? I've not seen her. I've okay. looked at the Dosa places. I've not found her anywhere. And it's because, listen, she's black and she's oh, scary. Oh, shit. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and listen, the the average American doing heavy lifting for whites are terrified for. So instead, look, I'll give you an example. This is why I respect Republicans. This is a very strange thing to say, but Republicans don't give a shit. When Republicans get power, I'm going to give you all one example. Republicans got power. Minority rule, because they lost a popular vote, didn't give a shit. McConnell's like, I'm going to go against my own rule and bum rush Amy Comey Barrett. What are you going to do? Stop me. Clarence Thomas, of Supreme Court justice right now, huge piece came out of the New York Times. I'm glad they did about his nutty, batshit right wing activist wife, Ginny Thomas, who helped Donald Trump purge his administration of those who are not loyal. Clarence Thomas sleeps with this woman. This is his wife. He should remove himself and recuse himself from most of these cases coming down the pipeline, especially with the January 6th insurrection. He says, F you. I'm not going to do it. Democrats yep. are like, thank you very much. Yep. Right. You got 
Donald Trump and Republicans got Lindsey Graham, who openly said, sometimes he's very blunt and honest. Our donors have said, don't come back unless you pass the tax bill. In the middle of the night, they bum rush $2 trillion tax cuts that were unpopular, that did not help spruce up the economy. Nothing trickled down. Republicans didn't give a shit. No. Nope. Donald Trump didn't give a shit. He goes, I'm going to do... I'm going to declare a national emergency. There is no national emergency. So what? Sue me, mother effers. Declare a national emergency. Diverted money from the military to a wall that hasn't been built that Mexico didn't pay for. What I'm trying to say is when they get power, they flex. They are flexing their power right now by doing these massive voter suppression bills that their own voters don't like in Arizona and Georgia because it's hurting them. They don't give a shit. Now you have Democrats, 81 million voters. You got the presidency. You got 50-50 Senate, and I know you're stuck because of Manchinema, and you got the House. And like we mentioned last time, uh, you know, Joe Biden's going to have three nominees that he's going to mention because we're still in Black History Month, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is one, week to, go, one week to go. And he's like, you know, I'm going to, freaking Dick Durbin was like, I think, I think the Republicans might like this. Who gives a shit? Just bum rush your agenda. Bum rush your agenda. But the reason why they don't, it always comes back to it. They're terrified of their own shadow. They're terrified of the word, wait for it, progressive. That third prong that you mentioned in the mm -hmm. report, so telling. We mention this every week on, on the show. Republicans never hide away, never run away from conservative. No, they don't. Democrats are the only people who run away from the term progressive. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It is so fascinating because here's the thing, too, is that they will turn around and they, again, you have all the power in the world, right? Because I said, I keep saying this, I say it on Woke AF and I say it here. This is what winning feels like. <laughs> this like, is what it feels like, like when we when we win, then I cannot wait to see what the fuck losing is gonna feel like in a couple of months. But the reality here is that it is the same, I keep saying it, rinse and repeat strategy that Democrats have been losing with for decades. And one of the things that they said in this article as well is, oh, Democrats are not gonna win with their base alone. Excuse me, right? Democrats are the only party that doesn't court their own base, right? Republicans only care 
about white evangelical Christians. They only care about white people. And, and right? they peel off what they realize is with this disenchantment and with disinformation and with the talking points that freaking Democrats never counter, peel enough blacks, peel enough Hispanics. Every time. Just peel 5%, get the core whites, peel enough of these Latinos, Asians, and black folks with the culture war and disinformation, voter suppression, gerrymandering, done. Done. That, I mean, That's so it. it's like, how is it that we sit here, watch, every week, we see the writing on the wall, and yet it is these people that have been Democratic analysts, so deep in the establishment. And let me tell you something. The only thing that I hear when I hear the word Democratic establishment is old and white and go away. Oh, like, I, because actually, that's I, what comes up I, in my there's head. There's another one. Old, white, wealthy, to be clear. It's old, white, wealthy folks who, if we have to be very honest, are just as uncomfortable talking about yes. racism as the Republicans. Or I will go a step further and say, are just as racist, but hide it better. That's true too. Right? Are just as racist, but hide it better. Because they want to give the perception, because it's part of the grift. You have to have the right facade. You have to throw out a little sprinklings. You have to put on the dashiki and kneel. A little Tanahasi coats. You got to say a, a little, little Michelle Obama. A little Obama. A little non-bread. You know, a little Beyonce, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> right? We don't seem so racist. Yeah. But their policies and their inaction actually tell you that Democrats have always been Republican light. That there have only be, been some flashpoint years where you've seen people step up and do what is right. Not what was politically expedient, but what is right. Well, what is right, but then also sell it to the public, right? You have to sell it. Like you have to, you know, we'll talk about this and we'll probably invite some of these people who came up with this race class narrative thing. But like the reason why Obama couldn't escape it was because Obama's a black man. Obama had to engage in the culture war because they dragged him through the culture mud, right? Uh, friggin' you're uh, you're not born in a, he had to show his birth certificate. Like, look how humiliating. What other president had to prove that he was born None. in America? None. But and, let me tell. But again, had he been a Republican, let's just say he had been a Republican, he'd have been like, go to hell. Yeah. Right. F yourself. It's it's the bending. The perpetual me, bending. The perpetual bending. The perpetual. Okay, look, if I play nice with you, you won't keep hitting Charlie me Brown over the head and, and the, Lucy. In the, Every time. Well, look, it was. it's not just the, it's the Democrats represent an American problem, an institutional problem of bending the knee to white rage and white anxiety. Mm -hmm. Look at the truckers, for example. Let's oh see how God. we're going to deal with the truckers. The truckers are going to be a great example. These extremists funded by their right wing, most of them aren't truckers, who are against the shutdowns in Canada, which is why they shut down Canada. Uh, thoroughly unpopular in Canada because unlike America, Canada did not politicize the vaccines. Even right. the conservatives there are like, and go. 80% of yeah, their population <laughs> is, is vac actually vaccinated. And loves the protections, right? So now they're coming here, these American-funded truckers. Let's see how this country responds, right? We always bend the knee. The institutions bend the knee. Corporations bend the knee. The Democrats bend the knee. The problem is, is we only do have one, like, friggin' wagon to ride, right? Uh, we have what we called out, what we said for years, it's happening now with Russia. Majority of Republican voters are pro-Putin, ladies and gentlemen. They're pro-Putin. You got Mike Pompeo being pro-Putin. You got Donald Trump being pro-Putin. You got Tucker Carlson doing Pravda, like Russian propaganda on Fox News. All the stuff that we said, that it's a radicalized, weaponized death cult. They're playing for white power. They're playing for all the marbles. You darkies are too hysterical. You darkies are too reactionary. You darkies are, you know, the central will hold. 
whiteness will hold. Don't be, you know, don't take it on too much. Just be quiet. And we need a party that will fight for democracy, but will yeah. fight for us. We'll fight. You need fighters. The Democrats are so terrified of their own shadow. They're terrified of the word progressive. How will they fight literally a fascist movement? How will they fight? They're not going to fight. And this is what I continue to tell people is that America is breaking apart. Right. America is is breaking apart. The Democratic Party is not holding. They were supposed to be our institutional saviors. They were the ones that were supposed to come in, be the grownups in the room and restore our agencies, restore our faith, restore our hope. They have done none of those things. When Joe Biden looks at his poll numbers, his poll numbers are not just about the fact that you can't get any real bills passed, right? It's also the fact that the things that you said that you would do, the things that you said that you would do as a candidate, you have yet to do. And who's to blame for that, though? Mansion and cinema. But, but just to bring it full circle, how everything bends to uh, everyone, everything bends its knee to white rage and white power. I'll also say how everything is filtered through the white gaze to not disrupt and anger white folks. Instead of saying mansion and cinema, who do they throw under the bus? The squad, the squad and who are the squad overwhelmingly young women, women of, of color. color. Yeah. Because once again, it's all connected. It is easy. It's connected. Can I say this though? Here's a question I have for you before, before we leave. I'm usually not cynical. You're the cynic of the two, <laughs> but I was it's thinking, true. uh, can you blame two questions? Can hmm. you blame black and Brown folks for sitting out the next election and saying, you know what? We came out during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. We did everything we could. Mm -hmm. And you just don't care about us. Fine. White people, you figure this out yourselves. Mm -hmm. This country is having a moment. You figure it out. We've barely survived. We'll inshallah continue surviving. Mm -hmm. We're tapping out. We're taking care of our families. We're taking care of our communities like we always have. We're going to rely on ourselves. White folks figure it out. Yeah. And do you blame folks? No, I don't. And I no longer find it in my soul to be able to tell people to go and vote because it's going to save their lives and it's going to save democracy because I don't believe it. I really don't. And when I think about what government has done to black and brown people, to black and brown families, um, you know, one of the things, and, and I, I will say this, is that we love to believe as a country that Jim Crow was a hundred some odd years ago. There are people alive today, right, who have experienced that they're in their 60s. Yeah, yes, right. Right? So we love to believe that, oh, this hatred, this racism, segregation, all of these things was so long ago. It could never happen again. MLK. These people are at Soul Cycle. They're picking up their grandkids from school. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? They're not, you know, a, a, a hundred years old. They're not centennials, right? Like, and so uh, when I when I say that, people are like, "Oh my God, you're right," because we've been gaslit into believing that it was so long well, ago loving that none v. Virginia, of these things people think, come back. People think loving v. Virginia was like 1920, 1961. Yeah. You people think that, oh, women have always had rights. You got financial independence in 1974, 46 years ago, when you were able to apply for a credit card by yourself as an unmarried woman. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. So here, like, this is what I'm saying, that 
you know, at some point in time, people are going to start to take care of themselves like they always have, because they've never been able to look to the police, to look to their elected officials, to look to anyone to be their safety net. That's why we have such a racial wealth gap that we do, an education gap that we do, an opportunity gap that we have, because the what was always put together as safety nets have never been nets for anyone other than white people. Yeah, the home loans that actually built the middle class that we all cherish in the, the good old days, 98% of those federally backed home loans in the 20th century went to white families. And so the thing is this, I know, you know, people, I think that our listeners will appreciate this, but we have to keep, keep speaking up, right? Because even though I got cynical for a second, I just can't help it. I still have to fight. I'm one of those go down swinging type guys. Oh no, I'm going to go down swinging, but, but, but I don't, I don't, I don't poo-poo people who are like, I don't, I don't either. And I feel like Democrats have to realize that like, yep. if there's a, dip, we'll wait and see guys, we don't know. But if there's a depression in black and brown voters, and I know what's going to happen, the establishment and the media is going to blame the black voters, never the whites, God forbid, never the whites, but they're going to blame black and brown voters. How come you guys didn't show up in numbers? Mm-hmm. How come there wasn't turnout? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I, and I, I don't blame people for saying, you know what? There's no party that represents me. I'm just going to take care of myself, but I feel like we still got to fight. We got to do our part because what's happening right now, guys, especially with Russia, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a global realignment when the Dem- uh, Republicans win. You're going to have a pro-white Christian nationalist movement headed by the most powerful country in the world, the United States, that's going to align itself with Russia and Poland and, if God forbid, whatever, MBS, any authoritarian dictator, yep. and the post-World War II order and all those freedoms that you talked about, eh, that's gone. Complete realignment, and it's going to be terrible for women, people of color, Muslims, refugees, LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing snapshots of that in Texas and Florida. And if the Democrats woke up, realize who their base was, define what a progressive was, define their message, build a race, race class, multicultural coalition, and punch the bully in the mouth with the majority they barely have, we would have a shot. That's what's so depressing. Yeah, we would have a shot. If Democrats decide to take one, you can't miss shots you don't take. That's Do you know what too. I'm saying? And you also can't land shots you don't take. So and the you point, have to know your enemy, too. Yeah, the point is action, right? Not just grifter talk. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Wajahat Ali. And we will be back next week if there is a country, democracy, you know, a planet. <laughs>